International Edition of the FCPA Crime Report. Today I have with me Luciano Silveira. He is a Ph.D. candidate at the Catholic University of Sao Paulo, Brazil. He's recently completed a term as a Fulbright researcher at American University of the Washington College of Law. And she is working on a very interesting project where she is researching <coughs> uh, the intersection of the FCPA and uh, its impact on international trade transactions as an experience to the potential impacts of the Brazilian Clean Company Act. She is uh, providing, or rather, trying to generate a quantitative analysis regarding merchandise trade flows, and she's developed a questionnaire, which I'm going to link to in the show notes, to help measure personal opinion of corporate employees on how the FCPA has impacted corporate business uh, abroad. This will help her try to put together a plan to help guide the enforcement and compliance with the Brazilian Clean Companies Act. It's a fascinating podcast. I hope that you will uh, take her survey. It's uh, only 15 questions, anonymous, and it's very short. And uh, it will greatly help her and will give you, the U.S. compliance practitioner, an opportunity to perhaps influence the Brazilian Clean Companies Act and how it is complied with. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to the international edition of the FCPA Compliance Report. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again, back for another edition of the FCPA Compliance Report, the International Edition. Today, you're in for a real treat because I have with me Luciana Silveda. She is a student at American University. You're a lawyer in Brazil, correct? Correct. But she is up here doing some really interesting research or continuation of some research she started at, in Brazil. We met uh, a couple of years ago when I was at a conference, and uh, we've corresponded over the years. And she's here to tell us about her research and, more importantly, for the listeners, how they might be able to help her in her research because she's going to have some questions that she wants to put to you uh, at the end that we'll link to in the show notes. So, Luciana, with that uh, very long-winded introduction, thank you very much for taking the time to visit with me. And I should also say we're on location here at Compliance Week 2017, so thank you for coming down to, to the Mayflower. Thank you, Tom, for having me and uh, giving me the opportunity to talk to you a little bit about my research. Um, so, basically, I'm here in D.C. It's been almost nine months now. Um, I got a Fulbright scholarship to develop part of my Ph.D. research. I'm enrolled in my Ph.D. back home in Brazil uh, with uh, Pontificia Universidade Católica. And um, I'm doing this research mostly because I'm trying to um, understand a little bit the impacts of the FCPA to U.S. companies doing business abroad. And from that, draw a parallel of what could be the impacts of the Clean Company Act that we have uh, enacted recently in Brazil to Brazilian companies doing business abroad. Um, well, uh, like you said, I'm a lawyer. I've been working, I worked in the past in law firms for a long time uh, with international trade, so mostly WTO, customs regulations, uh, trade remedies, and I decided to combine my uh, academic interests with my practice and doing both uh, 
doing my research both with uh, international trade and anti-corruption. So understanding the interaction of these two areas and how anti-corruption measures affect international trade. Uh, after a while, I changed to in-house, uh, so I've been for almost two years running the compliance department of a mining company in Brazil. And from my day-to-day uh, -day practice, I came to realize that anti-corruption laws, they play um, a major role in the business decision-making, where to export, where to outsource, where to um, do business. and. Um, I decided to narrow it down my research to the impacts of anti-corruption legislations to international trade. And thinking of, uh, of that, uh, that particular um, topic, I couldn't go anywhere else than the U.S. I mean, U.S. was the first country to implement this sort of legislation. It's been in place for a long time. It had, in the beginning, the first... Uh, first 20 years, more or less, it wasn't so um, enforced, but over the past years it has been enforced greatly and uh, it has changed uh, a lot how companies here in the U.S. do business abroad because of the legislation, because of the FCPA. So my idea is to um, develop both a quantitative and qualitative assessment of how the FCPA impacted companies, U.S. companies doing business abroad, and from that uh, see what is applicable and what can I bring back home to um, prepare the private sector on how to uh, apply the measures that are necessary to, to be uh, implemented in their business to have uh, the positive impacts more than the negative impacts in their business, and also some suggestions that maybe I could uh, put forward to the public sector in how to achieve uh, a better result in, in terms of the enforcement of the legislation. So both the public se sector and private sector to component to your research and hopefully to the findings and what you might recommend at the end of the day. Yeah, that's that's the idea with the research. So um, can you uh, explain the difference in the academic or uh, research you would, excuse me, the uh, school of study in Brazil as opposed to what you're doing up here in the United States, if there is any difference? Um, I don't know if there would be um, substantial differences. Uh, what I've been doing here mostly um, is talking to companies um, that are active in, in international trade, that do business abroad, either import or export, um, understanding how they see the impact of the legislation to their business, uh, whether they see that the uh, flows of import or export has decreased, has increased, whether they uh, decided to shift their operations from more uh, from countries where corruption is perceived to be higher than others. So there will be some, what we call a, a trade diversion. Um, so understand how they see those impacts in terms of quantitative um, impacts and also qualitative, so what measures were fostered inside of the companies uh, because of the FCPA, how they changed the mentality of the company, the culture of the company, um, and 
whether they see a difference, whether they see positive impacts, negative impacts, how they deal with those impacts, um, and also talking to some um, some government officials, both uh, at the SEC and DOJ, how they uh, see the impacts of the FCPA, how they, uh, from their experiences in investigations, what has changed from investigations, I don't know, maybe 20, 10 years ago to investigations that are being conducted now. Um, we have seen, um, I came to understand, after I came to the US, uh, that DOJ recently uh, hired someone from the private, with an ex, with a background from the private sector, to better analyze the compliance programs uh, in place in companies to see, uh, to uh, ask the right questions to see how the compliance uh, program is working and whether it's preventing uh, anti-corruption, whether it's preventing corruption uh, to happen in their business. And um, I've talked also with uh, some other. Um, public officials, government officials from uh, Department of Commerce, Department of State, to understand how they see the impact of the FCPA in their activities as well. I mean, um, that's fascinating. Yes. If, if um, let's say we're promoting, uh, U.S. is promoting trade, is promoting exports. Um, the idea is to promote clean exports. Right. And how is the Department of Commerce? Uh, connecting these two areas in their in their programs in their um, agendas. Have, have, have you seen that connection, or were they able to make a connection for you in your preliminary research? Yes, um, from from what I've talked to people and uh, documents that I could see, they're doing this connection. Uh, it's I think it's something that it's uh, at least on paper it's it's there um, and. This is something that I, going back to Brazil, this is uh, more or less the same uh, path that I want to uh, take. So talking to um, the administrative authorities that are going to be responsible for investigating um, corruption acts under the Clean Company Act and see how they perceive the, uh, the impacts or the uh, requirements that companies will have to bear uh, in terms of the Clean Company Act obligations now, and uh, also how the Ministry of Trade is going to do this connection, how they expect to do this connection, if they are uh, in the first place expecting to do this connection and willing to do so. So um, I don't know if going back to your question, I don't know if, it's, if I see a major um, difference in terms of what I'm doing here and what I would do in Brazil now that I'm back. I think I've developed um, a lot of my research here, and I've, because I was able to connect to so many people in the private sector, in the public sector, and also in the academic um, right. field, I've had so many ideas, and I've, I was able to gather so much information that I don't think I would have been able to do in Brazil. And all this information gave me a lot of um, ideas on how to proceed with my research, how to do this. Uh, comparative studies and suggestions of how can I go forward with uh, some proposals of how to how the private sector will do better in Brazil and how the public sector can also do better in terms of the anti-corruption agenda in international trade. Well, I'm particularly fascinated by your thoughts and research around the topic of connecting uh, the benefits to U.S. trade with lawsuits as the FCPA because the FCPA was passed 
really with a different focus, which was to stop American companies from paying bribes, but also to um, protect American companies so that if a foreign official came and demanded a bribe, the American company could rightly say, well, it would be illegal for us to do so. The benefits, the positive benefits that I see in the marketplace are really uh, came to the fore, I think, in the last 10 or 15 years, but it's now something we're starting to see uh, either U.S. officials talk about or former officials talk about, that it really does benefit U.S. companies to have this law in place so that when a foreign government or a state-owned enterprise, such as Petrobras, for instance, would purchase uh, services or products from an American company, they would know they were getting clean products and services. So I'd be fascinated to see if you can really link that up in a, in a qualitative and quantitative way. Absolutely. Uh, in, in terms of the quantitative um, study, what I wanted uh, to do is um, eliminate the impacts of other um, variables to international trade and see how would the uh, U.S. trade have behaved uh, throughout all the years of the implementation of the FCPA um, and, and from that understand what was actually the impact of the FCPA if there was any impact. I mean, right. there are many other variables and there is the argument there have been um, some studies that try to do this and uh, there are many variables that have an influence on international trade, and there is the argument that, well, all these other variables, they have a major force, or their um, their force is, um, let's say, bigger than the the FCPA force in right. in, in terms of influencing international trade, and, and and that the result would therefore be that international trade is going with the flow of uh, globalization and economic integration despite the FCPA. And the FCPA is just another regulation that impacts international trade so much as, for instance, other regulations um, that are applicable to companies doing business abroad. So um, on top of the uh, econometric study, the idea was to um, have also a qualitative study in um, in seeing how individuals see the, the impact, how they, in their experience, corporate employees, how they see the FCPA impacting their day-to-day activities. And for that purpose, I developed a survey. Um, it's, it's a very short survey. I've been circulating among some uh, corporate employees that I've talked to and some other contacts. And the idea is to, to see their personal, um, uh, the personal take in, in what was the impact of the FCPA so far. And, and the, well, the preliminary results so far have indicated that, like, like we talked before, I mean, there is some trade diversion in the sense that uh, companies are maybe doing less trade with corrupt countries or in corrupt countries and more trade in cleaner companies, cleaner uh, countries. But there has also been the argument that, well, it's, it's a shield, it's good for us, we are protecting ourselves, we have uh, a proper justification for not engaging in, in corrupt activities. Uh, and whenever it's something that we cannot do, we just, uh, we cannot um, engage in that act without uh, corrupt, involving, being involved in corrupt acts, then we just uh, move to another market. And 
this is something that it's the culture of the company now. And it's just regardless of the FCPA. We're just doing it because it's better to do it this way. Well, if I could flip that around from the business perspective, what I might say is that because of the FCPA, it's too risky to do business in certain countries. And as a businessman or a CEO or a corporate executive, frankly, I'm just not willing to take that risk. Absolutely. I do have a product that I can move into another market, less risky, have to put less risk management around it, and I'll make a higher profit because it's less risky. So uh, absolutely, uh, trade diversion, what a, a great way to think through uh, exactly that kind of risk analysis that I might talk a businessman. So one of the things we're going to ask people to do at the end of this podcast is to uh, take your survey, and we'll link to that uh, in the show notes so that people can do so. But I was wondering if, uh, since I have you here and you're from Brazil, and we've recently heard that there oh is issues around Brazil, <laughs> but I'd like to actually t- talk to you from the perspective of someone who has worked in private practice, lawyer, and then went in-house. And how is our Brazilian companies responding to all of the investigations? Are they moving toward toward some of the things that you would like to see in terms of having a more robust compliance program, making it part of their culture? And do, do you... My sense from being in Brazil is the individual Brazilian is sick and tired of public corruption. But does that extend to companies as well, where they'll be willing to accept or embrace a culture that, as you would say, clean? I'm uh, I'm a very positive person in terms of this uh, this change, even in the public sector. Um, regarding how companies are reacting to this, you if you go to Brazil now. Um, and you talk to people who work in big corporations, pretty much all of them now have or are hiring compliance experts. They, they have, in, in the past two years, these companies, they have developed robust compliance programs. They are in the learning process. They are willing to um, pass new policies internally, to do trainings, to go abroad and do trainings with their um third-party agents, they are indeed engaged in, in changing the culture inside of, inside of their corporations. I think this is something that it, it totally changed. I'm not going to say it's... In, uh, if you compare here in the U.S., I think the FCPA had a major role in changing um, the culture and the companies. Right. Whereas in Brazil, I think the corruption scandals... Um, internal corrupt domestic corruption scandals they played a major role in in cha- trying to change this culture for corporations with the clean company act um, similar to the FCPA also has an extraterritorial um, bridge um, the FCPA only has the extraterritorial bridge the clean company act um, holds um, corporations liable for both uh, domestic and international corruption but um, so far, there hasn't been many cases in um, international for international corruption. There hasn't been any at all. For, but uh, so I wouldn't link this change in the culture to the Clean Company Act itself, but rather to the whole, like you said, uh, scenario in Brazil, the anti-corruption scenario that the civil society is just sick and tired of all the corruption that we're facing in Brazil. So um, I do see a change in the culture from uh, corporations and law firms 
fostering this uh, idea of being compliant with the legislations, all legislations for, for the sake of uh, respecting more um, what we what we have in in the law and um, promoting a cleaner trade in general, either domestic or international. One of the other things I've observed uh, being a, a Yankee uh, sitting north of the border is that um, uh, we see many of those uh, same issues arising in other countries in Latin America. And we see really what we think is a, a change in the way many Latin American countries uh, are going to do business, um, possibly because of the Odebrecht scandal. There's a lot more uh, public awareness of that. And so do you see that sort of the initiatives that you have been a part of in Brazil really moving to the rest of Latin America and a really a move towards companies doing business cleaner and in compliance than perhaps they've done in the past? Um, I would even say that uh, the other way around would would uh, maybe be something that's uh, also interesting. You see, um, there are some other countries in, in Latin America who have passed uh, legislation, anti-corruption legislations before Brazil. Right. Um, so uh, I would say that some other countries in Latin America are also, are also engaged or engaged first, maybe uh, because they have a different uh, economic uh, landscape in their in their country or because something else happened before than uh, than it happened in Brazil but I would say that one one aspect that uh, would be very interesting to have in Brazil and that in some other countries in Latin America is happening is more of a uh, an open uh, government um, Strategy and open uh, contracting, uh, transparent transparency, um, sort of thing. For instance, in Brazil nowadays, if you if you want to kind of have a um, a track of uh, the public contracts that were signed, if you go to the department, in theory they are all public contracts. But if you go there and you ask for for a copy of the contract, it will take you I don't know like months or I don't even know if they're going to give you a copy of the contract at all. Um, and and then there are many in public contracting. You have many um, amendments. You have uh, um, change in prices, and you have subcontracting. And it's really hard to keep track of of everything that's going on. Although it's it, it was supposed to be public. So I think in that particular um, aspect, I think we're far behind. Uh, we should have. Brazil should have a more uh, transparent system, should be more organized. I would say that uh, there might be the case that this information is not even so much accessible to the people in the government. Um, so I think this is one, one point that uh, I think we're far behind and we could progress a lot uh, in terms of transparency to have a, a cleaner environment in Brazil for public contracting. Um, and maybe end up with a going a little bit different route. One of the things I've observed from compliance professionals such as yourself and your colleagues in Brazil is you all are very passionate about compliance. You're very passionate about doing business, as you would say, cleanly. And you're really bringing that, even your legal background and your legal expertise, to the business solution of doing, doing business, doing compliance and making it a part of the business. Would you say that's a fair characterization just that... that you and your colleagues are very passionate about compliance. 
Well, I, I, I would like to say yes. <laughs> I like to believe that uh, that everyone working with compliance now in Brazil is, um, like myself, positive about the future outcomes of, of this new trend that we're having in Brazil. I'm sure that they're... Um, Sometimes we have some setbacks with all this new waves of uh, corruption scandals in Brazil. <laughs> Delicately <Yeah>. put. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I kind of... Uh, I see a, uh, we have an expression in Portuguese. I don't know if it's the same in English, but we see a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Uh, and I like to see that as an optimistic um, future, let's say. So I wanted to ask if anyone wanted to uh, contact you via email uh, on any things you've talked about or find out more about your academic work, could they do so? And if Absolutely. so, how would they do it? Um, well, I'm uh, on LinkedIn. It's uh, Luciana Silveira. Uh, and you also, spell that? Absolutely. Uh, L-U-C-I-A-N-A, last name S-I-L-V-E-I-R-A. Um, and also by email. Uh, it's L-D-O-S-I-L-V-E-I-R-A at gmail.com. Um, that's my personal email. Uh, just uh, feel, feel free to um, send me an email, ask questions, or anything that I can maybe assist that it will be my pleasure. Well, this has been just a fascinating uh, topic for me. I'm really looking forward to uh, the, uh, is it a dissertation you're writing? Yes, it is. So, it will be in Portuguese. Uh, well, you're going to have to get it translated. Yeah. <laughs> but I hope to have uh, at least, uh, I'm, I hope I'm able to have some pieces uh, written in English from, from that dissertation. So well, I look very much, very much look forward to it and uh, uh, your quantitative and qualitative analysis. And thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the international edition of the FCPA Compliance Report. As I indicated to you, I will link to Luciana's survey in the show notes. Please take the survey as it help her develop a quantitative basis to uh, give some insight into how the Brazilian Clean Company Act should be complied with in Brazil and across the globe. Also, if you would rate this podcast, if you've listened to us on iTunes, it would help us in our rankings and also help get the word about the only internationally focused compliance podcast currently in the United States. Finally, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you for joining this episode, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the international edition of the FCPA Compliance Report. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.